0: Welcome to a Couch Divided podcast where secular psychology meets a Christian worldview with Dr. Robin Hall and Nick Thomas.
1: All right, Nick, sit back and relax.
0: And if you can't, we need to talk about that.
1: (laughs) Prepare to be couched.
0: Welcome to another episode of A Couch Divided with Dr. Robin Hall, the lovely Dr. Robin Hall, <laughs> and myself, Nick Thomas. How are you doing, Rob?
1: I'm excellent,
0: Nick. Are you excellent? Yeah, I'm, that's a, that's I'm
1: excellent, a, yes. That's
0: a good word. Is, yes. It doesn't mean perfect. <laughs> it just means wherever you are right now, what, what you're dealing with it's excellent. I'm
1: excelling, right?
0: <laughs> I don't you're know. an overachiever in life right now. <clears throat>
1: <clears throat> overachiever. I don't know about that, but... <laughs> I'll take it.
0: Well, I'm uh, happy to be doing another episode with you. Uh, Yes. And I just wanted to uh, reiterate uh, the past episodes that we did have been such a joy uh, in recording. And I just wanted to actually share that love uh, with you because our listeners are being encouraged uh, by your words and my words. And uh, the fact that I enjoy talking to you and other people are enjoying talking uh, or listening to us is uh is a joy in my life and it is uh excellent uh, in, in this case <laughs> yes
1: yeah. it is very very cool um we love hearing from all of you um and uh, of course it's really encouraging to hear how what we've talked about has been a blessing in whatever way it's been a blessing um and we yeah we just want you guys to know how much it blesses us to hear that so
0: all, blessings all around excellence and blessings, blessings and praiseworthies and I uh, <laughs> love you guys You're great.
1: blessings all around <laughs> i like just imagined like somebody running like a flower girl almost like tossing yes, blessings
0: That's exactly what our podcast is flowers <clears throat> being tossed up for uh, your anointing <clears throat> here comes the bride
1: <clears throat> okay um but i mean i have also very much enjoyed our conversations nick so um and i foresee continuing to enjoy them
0: as long as the uh, the lord will wills we yes will continue. absolutely
1: yes. um so housekeeping stuff uh we wanted to remind you guys that we are getting ready to record a crossover episode with Coltish um on the use of psychedelics and treatment of mental illness in treat, I think just in treat, as treatment of illness in general, um, their use medicinally. Mm-hmm. Um, so we hope you guys are really going to like that. We're really excited about it. Um, and we'll keep you posted as things around that unfold.
0: It's a very interesting topic, and I'm sure you guys will, will love it.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. And if you guys have anything that you specifically want to hear us talk about in that category, like you know, under that specific broad topic let us know exactly Uh, yeah
0: and of course we will always uh you know uh, render it uh with a biblical worldview Mm -hmm. and then uh, what we think about health newsworthy stories all that stuff so tune in um you're gonna love this episode yeah we
1: we hope you guys
0: will like it but what are we talking about today
1: um oh man okay well so today we are talking about um really the difference that's kind of where i want to focus on or or being able to differentiate between um kind of like common pop culture references to um people who are crazy or like you know nuts insane um specifically the term like psycho how that's used um and then the experience of psychosis Mm -hmm. so um there's a lot of confusion like in my own personal practice i've come across this a lot and it um there it's just one of those things that you like don't know until you know so we're going to talk about what psychosis what exactly it is what it isn't um and i'll spend a little time defining like uh, some of the other terms that get confused with it too Because I think that's helpful um, And then like we're going to I'm going to use schizophrenia As mm-hmm. you know a focal point in our discussion um, This like I feel like we give this disclaimer at the beginning Of most of our episodes This is not an exhaustive discussion um, We actually are planning um, Another episode where we Specifically focus on Schizophrenia And um, you know all the interesting statistics worldwide statistics related to it and um so in the future that's something that we're going to produce but as to you to have an illustration i think that this is a a good disorder to Mm -hmm. use so yeah that's what we're talking about anyway i chuckled when you said that because one of the well, one of the podcasts that I listen to very frequently is a true crime po- podcast called uh, Generation Y. Yeah. <laughs> and at the beginning of each of their episodes, the hosts ask each other. So what are we talking about tonight, Aaron? Okay. What are we talking about tonight, Justin? Yeah. Anyway, so um, that's what that reminded me of. That's why I
0: chuckled. Like the Waltons. Good night, John Boy. Good night, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> was it the
1: Waltons or? Was, uh, yeah, I
0: think it's the Waltons. It, yeah.
1: I'm not, but I know what you I can picture that scene, with like the, the, house the house and the lights, and the lights going out. Going yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. We're aging ourselves a little bit.
0: <clears throat> I shouldn't even know about the Waltons. I was born in 88.
1: <laughs> oh, right. And you're, yes, you're younger than I am. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think a good place to start is kind of with the colloquialisms that we're all really yeah. ca- like familiar with. I mean, in English, anyway. So, really frequently, um, the terminology around psychosis and psychopath get, like, mixed up or misunderstood, okay? So, um, I mean, like, when you think of things like psycho killer, right? Like, and the really famous serial killers that you know most of us have heard about, you know, some of us have an interest in maybe even um you know, morbid interest in. Um so when people are use use that term psycho killer, um they're not like you don't typically think of someone who is Um, dealing with a psychotic disorder like schizophrenia right so what I mean this is it's a good exercise for us when I say psycho killer what image is conjured to mind for you Hmm. Nick what kind of person do you think of Christian Braille on American Psycho (laughs) yes 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 (laughs) yeah oh absolutely that's
0: exactly who I thought about and I wanted to bridge the gap because when we talk about you know, psychosis or schizophrenia, or does he qualify for that? Or is this Mm-mm. just another pejorative that we're using in a catch-all term?
1: Right. So when, so. like, when somebody in, like, common, like, in your everyday conversation, all of you guys I know are talking about serial killers in your everyday conversation. Yeah. But when it comes up in, like, a context like that and you use that, you know, psycho killer, you, you're you not meaning what the term psychosis, yes. right, yeah. is actually referring to clinically. Yeah. Um. So... <clears throat> i i think it's important though that like we acknowledge that the confu- like the conf- it's confusing for a reason like the terms are extremely right. similar it makes sense that that mistake gets made so this is really like hopefully just for everybody's edification so that they are more informed when they when they're reading things when they hear things when they're talking about issues like you know mental mental illness yes um okay so when i say psycho killer i'm typically referring to i'm I, what i mean for the most part is a, like a psychopath yes and your example of christian bale's character in american psycho
0: yeah
1: um which is it's based on a book right? oh yeah um and then i right. can see him
0: dancing around right now after the kill and everything
1: like oh yeah. yeah or that like this is an extremely inappropriate scene so please don't hear me encouraging you guys to watch it but there's a scene. Um, a sexual scene where uh, that's very, very explicit and there's mirrors involved in it. And it's just cartoonish the way that he's like looking at himself, the arrogance that he's got. It really is a a
0: satirical horror film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's really gruesome. So if you don't have a stomach for that stuff, definitely be forewarned. But um, that's exactly the type of person that we're referring to, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. When we say somebody was like crazy or out of their mind right when they're committing a like when they commit a crime typically like what we're saying is they're they weren't in touch with reality okay that's different than like a like a calculated serial killer right right there's sanity like their ability to differentiate between fantasy and the real world right um is intact right in a way that somebody who is floridly psychotic or actively psychotic they they have that they don't have that connection at all um so psycho psycho killer we're really taught like really referring more to like the psychopathy sociopathy spectrum of things Mm -hmm. and when you think about somebody being out of their mind and they committed a crime right so um like For example, and actually, I should probably start here. People who experience psychotic symptoms, psychotic episodes, people who are diagnosed with schizophrenia, they are no more statistically likely to be violent than anyone else. Yes. Okay. so but that's not typically our perception, right? Like if you everybody has had the experience where they've. Been, like you know at, at a grocery store or in a parking lot somewhere and they've seen someone who is talking to themselves acting kind of erratically and because it feels unpredictable it feel like it feels scary right but truly statistically speaking somebody who is psychotic is no more likely to be violent than anybody else right, right. okay when it does happen though um I mean, it can like just like any crime, it can be devastating. So the difference, though, would be, um, for example, someone who burns down their house because they were hearing the voice of God Mm -hmm. tell them to do so. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, So that is someone who is not in contact with reality. So. I think that the confusion happens because there's kind of an assumed insanity across the board. Right. Because there, I mean, there something has to be wrong with you to 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 be Edmund Kemper. Right. right or right. Ted Bundy or John Wayne Gacy. You know, something something is not right. That's what we assume. Right. Because the average person believes that they're not capable of committing acts like that. Right. Atrocious acts like that. Um but we're, but we're assuming a different kind of insanity, right? So that's really the distinction I want to make. I hope I'm being clear. I feel like I'm rambling a little
0: bit. No, no, you're being uh, totally clear. There you understand a, what I'm saying? Yeah, there is a categorical distinction. Uh, okay. And, you know, really, I mean, you take somebody under psychosis and then a psychopath, that that is totally different. Right, you know? somebody right. That has... Schizophrenia is not a psychopath, though we may call them a psychopath. Uh, but that we're using a pejorative. right, they're two. They
1: describe yeah. like two extremely different clinical yeah. pictures. We just, right, oh,
0: we're using a pejorative. At well,
1: point. so okay. Also, I should start the, this conversation out by saying, um, psychopath, sociopath. Those are not diagnostic terms. Yeah. Okay. So I can't open up my DSM, scroll to the page that says psychopath, and give you like a, a diagnostic code. Yeah. Okay. So there they are clinical terms but they are not diagnostic terms. Right. So when we describe behaviors that fall into specific patterns, these specific patterns of psychopathy and sociopathy, we're typically talking about a, a cluster of personality disorders, right. okay? Um so uh, we're and we're, like we're not going to spend a ton a ton of time talking about them. Today, but the specific cluster includes narcissistic personality yes. disorder and antisocial personality right. disorder, um, which is not, um, uh, I get a lot of people believe or kind of uh, jump to the idea that that describes an individual who isolates a lot, but that's right. really not at all what it is. It's somebody that engages in behavior. Right, that yeah. violates what society has yeah. deemed acceptable. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, typically when clinicians are talking about like sociopathy and psychopathy, we're dealing with people who fall into that yeah. diagnostic category. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's not to say that everybody who's diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder or antisocial personality disorder is a psychopath. Right. There are other traits that we mean when we talk about that specific type of person right but we what we aren't talking about is somebody who is experiencing psychosis right right um so yeah i wonder like i don't know how many of you guys are interested in like criminal psychopathology Mm. or forensic psychopathology i love it um but let us know if you're interested in in
0: understanding any of that um I'm especially interested in it, not, not in the true crime aspect uh, of their lives, but I like hearing things that they say that reiterate uh, what the Bible or the Christian worldview could point out indefinitely about the human condition. Um, and so hearing Charles Manson say things and I can go, OK, this is idolatry. This is this category. This is that category. Mm, okay. And it's very easy to penetrate from a biblical worldview what exactly this man's problem is and then the categorical distinctions that we make in such as the true crime process, which is mm. very interesting to see these things comport with each other.
1: So, well, I so yeah, I think that is the way that we understand the yeah. behavior from a Christian worldview. Yeah.
0: Um, he had a God complex, but I mean, uh, uh, I mean that nonchalantly, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, there was self-idolatry there. So,
1: course, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm more meaning like the... What's what's interesting and fascinating to me are the patterns of behavior that emerge exactly. in individuals that have, you know, propensity towards behaviors like this. So right. it's very it's interesting to me. So if you guys are interested and in, like let us know, um, but it, but it is it's a darker, like heavier area. Right. To talk about. So, yeah. So when somebody is talking about a psychopath or a sociopath, oh, well, I guess we can make the distinction between the two. Right. Yeah, let's do that. Do you know? The difference, Nick?
0: Well, you know, I, and I'm going to be um, general. Okay. So let's talk about this. Let's just do th- this way. We look at the etymology and the root word of psychosis. And I've, you know, we mentioned this a l- little bit before uh, we started recording um, is that the term, uh, the term osis attached to psycho, right? So psychosis, um, osis is a root word, meaning an abnormal state of change, or mm-hmm. sometimes a process of that change, which as, so I, I think of, psychosis as a process uh of the abnormal uh change uh in one's mind but then i think of a psycho as that is the state of being that they've been in like that doesn't they don't generate that that's the the way their neural pathways are are, are,
1: are you, wired. oh so like it, what you're saying is that like the abnormal state of mind that exists for a psychopath is not episodic.
0: Yeah, it's it's not episodic. Aposto- yes. episodic. It, 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 it's not episodic. Okay. Whereas psychosis, yes, is a process. It, it is, is a right. Yeah. So
1: um, yeah, the, I so that be, that is a a good distinction to make between like psychopathy and then psychosis. Right, right. Um, the difference between um sociopathy and psychopathy, um, is kind of muddled uh you know there are different um researchers that would define it a little bit differently uh but essentially um the canadian forensic psychologist robert hare has spent his entire life studying criminal psychopathology forensic psychopathology um and so he's developed a lot of the language that we use around this right describing this um and he, the way that he would define operationally psychopath versus sociopath is a psychopath is born mm-hmm. and a sociopath is made yeah right so as christians we actually know that we're all born totally depraved yeah right like that's actually our starting point mm-hmm. we really don't have to journey that far um to get there <laughs> cuz that's where we come from um but essentially they the distinction is when you have a sociopath you can identify very specific like environmental trauma um influences that all kind of coalesce together to inform the development of a personality like this mm-hmm. but with a psychopath there aren't or there doesn't at least seem to be any identifiable like environmental or social influences into the development of that specific personality type Mm -hmm. um okay but these individuals are not detached from reality in the same way that somebody who is experiencing a psychotic break is or psychotic episode um they are perfectly aware that there's there is or isn't a person in front of them right they know they're not hearing voices that's totally different than somebody who's experiencing psychosis does
0: that make sense that makes perfect sense um it's you know it's a it's a difference between uh, the lucid mind uh, and the uh, mm-hmm. illucid mind.
1: I'm not saying that there isn't anything wrong with a person who is a like a psychopath or a sociopath. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that they are not out of touch with reality in the same way that somebody who is experiencing. Generally, you hear is. this:
0: if there is such a thing as a psychopath, can they be cured? You hear that a lot. What's your opinion on? Uh, on that now, uh, with regeneration in Christ, anything can happen. Uh, but what is the general? How would you counsel a psychopath if you could? Mm. I mean, and the reason why I bring this up is because I I, I love The Sopranos, <laughs> and by the sixth season, she, uh, his counselor, his therapist started come to the realization that he she is helping him be a better psychopath Yep. by mitigating all the behavioral responses that he was having and now he's actually you know
1: more efficient at it
0: i'm more efficient at it so that's actually so. quite
1: accurate with yeah. regard i mean to what the research indicates when you're treating psychopathy or sociopathy um especially within a group setting it's extremely discouraged right um Personally, the reason I, like, hesitated or paused um, was just, the like, the weightiness, I guess, of my opinion about this. Christ is the answer yeah. there. the th- If somebody who is truly, you know, psychopathic, sociopathic, um, doesn't have Jesus, I believe the best thing that we can hope for is behavioral mitigation and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, is kind of is contr- yeah. like like teaching them to dislike repercussions enough to want to engage in pro social hmm. behavior. Um, yeah, so that is my opinion. Um, I have worked very closely clinically with this specific population. Um, I don't claim to be like any expert expert on it. Um, that's my experience, and that's what the research it, that's it, available would it, su-
0: support. It really is profound because that is one of the you know the differences. Whereas psychosis, you can go in and out of that. Oh yeah. Uh, whereas, we're talking about a personality yeah. structure, exactly versus
1: yeah. something that comes on you like an epi- right. like an episode. You, you that's something see. that's transient.
0: And you can see the secular world. I mean, what she comes to in Tony Soprano is I can't counsel this person because I'm helping them be mm. a better psychopath. Yeah. And Tony Soprano is a murderer. Yeah. He's a mobster, the gangster who had panic attacks affiliated with his mother complex and, <laughs> and, other, and other things. And she got rid of all of that. And now he doesn't have panic attacks anymore and he's a better killer. And so you can see that secular world almost give up. <laughs> on a person like this. Now, she made the right decision. But, uh, I mean, it's like, okay, there is no structural thing. We can't unstructure it. But then with Christ, there's always hope mm-hmm. uh, in this. Uh, we are Calvinists. We know that beyond uh, uh, the Lord's sovereign will, they would never be regenerated. Sure, right? yes. But we would never hesitate sharing the gospel. Oh, of course not. Which they might hesitate giving any counsel. Uh, I mean,
1: yeah, it should motivate us more. I mean... Um,
0: to see that complete transformation Mm -hmm.
1: well right and like as like this these individuals they don't have some of the band-aid hope that the rest of the secular world even has so um, Christ really is their like full redemption from that Um, and there are definitely people like you can find different individuals testimony online Like on YouTube, all over YouTube, I'm sure now probably TikTok, um, that would have like, or that really did come from psychopathic histories. And then that renewed heart totally transforms their thinking, their personality structure.
0: Since it's such a spiritual structure, uh, I'm going to call it a spiritual structure, uh, the, the the psychotic mind, uh, a psycho, you know, a psychopath. A psychopath, a psychopath. right, a psychopath. which is
1: not psychotic. Yes. Uh, right, that's what we're making exactly, the distinction about, right? a psychopath. Psychopath, psychopathy, and not psychosis. And
0: to have that change of heart and that renewing of your mind actually destructures you and then forms you into the image of Christ, it's got to feel I don't know what that would feel like. I, yeah. mean, I know what it feels like to go from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. But then from a heart of stone, to a heart of flesh, and that heart of stone was a behavioral structure such as a psychopath. Um has gotta be totally, just, to- I mean, your world is different. You're experiencing <laughs> emotion maybe for the first time. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. um, and which we know that is a trait of a psychopath that, that there a lot of that is void of emotion mm-hmm. um, and other behavioral uh, aspects. Right. Um, they say a lack of sympathy or compassion. Emp- empathy, and, you know, yes. And empathy. And they, they say that, too, as well. I have a problem with that. But um, uh, we can talk about that in later episodes. Um, but... Um, um, okay,
1: so here's the thing. If I don't care what happens to you, right? Yeah. Empathy, like very simply broken down, is the ability to place yourself hypothetically yeah, into the shoes of somebody you. else. Yeah. <clears throat> And relate because you've had like similar ish experiences. Right. Okay. Right, right. Um, if you can't do that, mm-hmm. if you don't care what you do mm-hmm. to somebody else, right. That makes you the most dangerous person in the room. Yes. Because I can do anything I want to you if you are exactly. no more, if you are of no more value to me than that lamp. Right. Right. So that like, the lack of emotionality, the lack of empathy, and compassion is one of the hallmark.
0: Compassion, yeah, Mm -hmm. which is synonymous with sympathy. You know what, we'll we'll get into a doctrinal, uh, a theological uh, debate over this, but I agree with everything that you just said. Mm -hmm. If you do not care about that other person, and from a Christian worldview, yeah, made in the image of God,
1: you recognize the cares. value, right, yeah. of an image bearer. Or I may and, never be able to relate. Well, to and that's why that. every person has yeah. value. Exactly. Every person, right?
0: Exactly. And <clears throat> even the psychopath. Even the yes. Right. Even the psychopath, and <laughs> it lets you combat that with good. If you're void of all of that, it's, it's fracture in mm-hmm. spirit, fracture in right. soul. Well,
1: and we'll do episodes yeah. where we talk specifically about psychopathy and like what the environmental kind of. Um, factors are that can play into that in development you know of something like that um later but yeah so that's not psychosis that's psychopathy sociopathy um psychosis so when a clinician talks about psychosis they are referring to the experience of a specific set of symptoms okay um mainly Delusions, like delusional ideation, delusional thought processes, hallucinatory experiences. Okay, so that can be visual, auditory, gustatory, tactile, like any type of hallucination. Um, And then grossly disorganized thinking, Mm -hmm. speech, behavior. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can, I mean, tell already just from that symptom like very brief symptom overview how different that is from somebody that we would categorize in the like psychopath right right realm right um okay so the way that the dsm classifies psychotic disorders um it's it's changed from the fourth tr revision to the dsm-5 um all of the psychotic disorders are housed under schizophrenia spectrum and other psychotic disorders okay um at, i know we've talked about this before but the dsm-5 definitely changed to include the word spectrum in several of the disorders right. um okay so I, d- I do like asking you like what your you know, understanding is of this stuff before we even start. Um, I know you and I have both personally experienced both delusional ideation Mm -hmm. and hallucinous, like different kinds of hallucinations. Um,
0: Self-induced and then also uh, uh, cognitive abnormalities uh, abnormalities that I didn't expect uh, to come. So Mm -hmm. like eating mushrooms, I know I'm going to hallucinate. The after effects thereof is where I didn't expect. Oh, yeah. Like Meth induced uh, psychosis. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we can even share our experience of that. Um, but when you hear the term schizophrenia, what do you think of?
0: Um, well, what I what a what a, a debunk is because everybody goes to DID or dissociative identity uh, disorder, uh, like a split personality, which is that's not uh, schizophrenia, but everybody believes a, a, everybody thinks of a, a split personality. Disorder. Really? Everybody. That is I that really from, common? I have everybody never that heard I that, that, that before. To, it goes, oh, yeah, they 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 have a split personality. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, Or they okay. think of that movie Split kind of thing. I'm like, no, uh, you know, schizophrenia is an illicit mind uh, and they are dissociated from reality. and some times most commonly they're hearing voices that's what we hear about so i'll I'll keep it general like that but yeah yes,
1: yes oh that's so weird yeah no um did dissociative identity disorder not even close Yeah. definitely like reality disturbance for sure yeah i mean there's okay. similar
0: symptoms but, but not, yeah.
1: Psychosis. Yeah, not, not psychosis it's not psychosis yeah. um yeah wow that's so interesting i had not like not heard that before
0: oh yeah I mean, uh, you know, I go searching for memes or I make memes on the uh, uh, on Instagram mm-hmm. and uh, I did put in um, DID and one of the memes, uh, ne- uh, memes that are uh, were available were, um, please stop associating schizophrenia with uh, DID. Oh. And uh, I remember in my my classes in school, people bringing that up and the professor having to correct them. So it is common for people to think of split personality disorder and schizophrenia. Hmm. Um, though I, people with uh, schizophrenia may be talking to somebody that's not there. <laughs> um, they're not that person. It's a differentiation uh, between the person that you think you are between the person that you actually are.
1: Yeah. So. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to briefly go over some of the criterion for schizophrenia. Um, and then we can talk about the individual types of symptoms that kind of manifest. And, again, like, the idea here is just to give you guys an idea, like, a picture of both things. Mm. So that when you're talking about it or when you're reading about it, like, you have a clear understanding of what's meant. Right. 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 Um. Or the ability to call it out if it's incorrect. Right. You know, to filter it through. Um... Okay, so in order to diagnose schizophrenia, um, the A criterion requires that two or more of the following symptoms are present for a significant portion of at least a one-month period, right? So we always have our time specifier. Um, At least one of the symptoms must be either symptom one, two, or three that are listed. So that's delusions, hallucinations, or disorganized speech. So... um. Delusional ideation, um, uh, let's see, a really good example of, um, like, paranoid, paranoid thinking. Um,
0: That's very common to think about in schizophrenia as well.
1: So, believing that um, the United (laughs) States, believing that the United States post office is actually like a terrorism front, Okay. And like seeing like you, let's say you're an employee for the post office and you start seeing things in your coworkers and in the memos that get sent out in the interactions you have with your boss that are all confirming this thing that you are starting to suspect, which is that really all of your coworkers are terrorists and they're using the post office as a front, like a way to Mm -hmm. be terroristy, to
0: terrorize. It's almost when we were talking about that uh, um, in the mass shooting episode,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we were talking about the, the, uh, the pseudo community that somebody uh, engages in and seeks justice uh, in that pseudo community mm-hmm. So sort of along the lines of what you were just talking about right there is that they believe that their reality is a certain thing or this thing represents a certain something and they're going to do something about it. Now, this is in the mass shooting episode. Um, and necessarily you don't have to have schizophrenia in, in this pseudo community on there. But what you're talking about sounded exactly like what we were talking about in mm. the, the mass shooting episode.
1: Yeah, potentially. Right? right. So like that's actually a great illustration of how, like the like if you have somebody like the Columbine shooters. They were not delusional. No, they were not psychotic. No. They were of in that way sound mind right, right so right. they would fall into the other category right mm-hmm. but then you get um i'm going to completely blank who that um like i90 shooter was that was it i, I might be confusing confusing it uh, I, within the last 20 years um you know people that are responding to hallucinatory experiences like command hallucinations they need to kill people Right. Like, that's totally that's a totally different thing. Right. Right. Um, Okay, So delusional ideation. Um, Delusions are classified as like bizarre or non-bizarre. And essentially, it's magical thinking. Right. Um, Thinking that differs from reality. Like, I mean, typically pretty strikingly. Um, And um it can, so this can be, um, the way that you differentiate between bizarre and non-bizarre is whether or not the like thing that they believe is possible or not possible, right? Um, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to pull from my graduate school days for examples of this. Um, but um, believing that devices have been implanted is extremely common. Mind control devices, radios. Um, I spoke with the an individual whose primary delusional preoccupation was around this idea that his parents, his mom and his stepdad, had somehow raised the like crazy amount of money it would cost to purchase some kind of nano robot that they mm. then injected or introduced into his mm. body and they were using it to control right. like to control his behavior.
0: You- we were talking a little bit about maybe sharing our experiences in this. When you said uh, radio in the mind or mind control or anything like that, that's exactly what my paranoid psychosis was telling me, mm-hmm. is that uh, people were messing with me. Um, I was so vigilant that I was picking up on patterns uh, of similar words in people. And so I would be in one situation where somebody said one word and then totally in another situation at a different place and that same word would pop up. Because it's a common word, but I thought they were you know, yeah connected. so and, and then eventually that perpetuated into how do they know how I'm living? They must have, okay, so I was seeking out cameras in my house and then eventually thought they were in my Right. Mind. Your
1: brain has to find a way to explain all these yeah. patterns that you're recognizing.
0: I, I can't find the cameras, so they must be in my internal, mind.
1: yeah right, yeah. yeah. um so I'm trying to think of an example of like truly a bizarre. Versus a non bizarre delusion, and I'm like blanking. So I'll correct that in a future episode. But essentially, the distinction is: if it's possible, then it's non bizarre. Yeah. If it's not possible, like, I my what I want to say is like alien abduction, but I actually have no idea which way that's classified these days. These days. Um. Anyway,
0: we're starting to believe the story. So.
1: (laughs) Bizarre versus non-bizarre, believing that you were sexually assaulted when you weren't, believing you sexually assaulted someone or committed a murder when you didn't, all of that has happened. There are tons of true crime, like, discussions about cases like that, so, you know, if you're interested. Um, Anyway, the DSM specifies some specific, specifies some specific types of delusions, so... Mm -hmm. The first one that they kind of tease out is erotomanic type. So this is a subtype that applies when the theme, the central theme of the delusional ideation is that another person is in love with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, and actually, like, my timeline's totally messed up, but relatively recently, that astronaut that tr- drove across the country.
0: Yeah.
1: And she, like, wore her astronaut, like, diaper so she didn't have to stop as often. Ugh. And she drove across the country and essentially can... I think she confronted this officer, like, another airman. Um, or, like... But that they had only... I don't even know if they had actually ever met. But if they had, it had been, like, a handshake and passing. Yeah. And, like, this woman believed that they had a relationship. Oh, wow. Um Yeah. So that would be a good example. You don't remember that story? No, I don't. Oh, no. my gosh. I don't remember her name, but that was... It was big on the news when it happened so that would be an example of an erotomanic type yeah. so stalkers yeah. some stalkers might experience this type of delusional ideation right, right. they believe that the vi- their victim the person that they're stalking the object of their st- like stalking right. behavior is in love with them
0: right
1: but it ain't true it isn't true um okay grandiose type so this subtype applies when the theme of the de, like delusion is the conviction of having some great but unrecognized talent or insider having made some important discovery. Um, so this like making them p- making themselves responsible for. Um, I had worked with a person who frequently told me how she was actually responsible for writing all of Taylor Swift's songs. Ah. Um, and Taylor had stolen them um, from her. So things like that. And it, the the theme there is of, like, it's of importance. And when you start talking with individuals who have delusions that, that center around this theme, um, very, very typically you can see quickly by looking at their, you know, history, why it would have been pertinent for them to create a reality outside of their own. Um, And it's very, very sad. Um, Very humbling, I think, is probably a better word, but sad. Yes. So, yeah. So part of the ideation makes them important. Okay. So another subtype is jealous, jealous type. So this applies when the individual's delusion is that his or her spouse or lover is unfaithful Hmm. to them. Did you read Othello in high school? No, no. Did you ever see the play? Or? No, I haven't. No. So, this is um, the type of delusional ideation that's exploited in Othello by Iago. Oh, yeah. His friend um, convinces Othello that his um, bride, new bride, Desdemona, is like whoring around mm. um, town and he ends up murdering her. Yeah. Because of it. Oh, so delicious. Those, like... Iago is such a great character. Shakespeare's...
0: You know what? Like, um,
1: truly one of the first psychopaths in literature.
0: And I do mm. remember this. In fact, if you remember Hey Arnold in the 90s, they actually did a, a cartoon version of this... Of Othello? Yeah. Uh, How funny. thing. Um, <laughs> it was, like, a school play that they did in there. And so... No, I haven't seen Othello or read it. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm aware. Of like most it is, Shakespeare, but, it
1: is depressing. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, but, like... He does such a great job of creating this character who is evil, truly for the sake of being evil. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, persecutory, excuse me, persecutory type. Mm. Um, So this is a type that applies when the central theme involves an individual's belief that he or she is being conspired against, cheated, spied on, followed, poisoned or drugged. Maliciously maligned, harassed, or obstructed in the pursuit of long-term goals. Everyone's out to get me.
0: That was my uh, experience mm-hmm. in, uh, in that type of psychosis as well. So,
1: Somatic type. This subtype applies when the central theme of the delusion involves bodily functions or mm-hmm. sensations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mixed type. So this is when there's no specific theme that predominates. Like you're experiencing all different subtypes. And then unspecified type is when um the dominant delusional belief can't be identified so kind of like the catch-all oh here we go delusions are deemed bizarre if they are clearly implausible not understandable or not derived from ordinary life expectations right okay so for example an individual's belief that a stranger has removed his or her internal organs and replaced them with someone else's organs without leaving any wounds or scars (laughs)
0: Wow. Yeah, like the there's criteria. no evidence
1: that this happened, but yeah. you know it did.
0: That specific <laughs> thing made it into that criteria. That's uh, mm-hmm. that is daunting, it means it's more common than we think,
1: right? Okay, so this is just one type of psychotic symptom. Okay, this is actually the first psychotic symptom listed in our A criterion for, for schizophrenia. The second symptom category is hallucinations, and mm. that's people are a little bit more familiar with that, right? right, right. Um, so the most common type of hallucination is auditory. Um I'm actually I'm visual is probably next, but I don't have statistics in front of me. Um so auditory hallucinations can be p- people kind of stereotypically think of voices, but they can be so much more mm. than that. Um my personal experience with auditory hallucinations, this was during my um Uh, stimulant using drug using days um most likely induced from lack like a combination of lack of sleep and then the stimulant itself but one of the things that um I experienced I would park my car right to get somewhere um don't do drugs folks and definitely don't do your do drugs and then drive anywhere but anyway I would park turn my car off and then you know the radio kicks off but the like music would keep on playing Mm. and I mean full orchestra like you know while my guitar gently weeps you hear Paul's guitar like full band and it like it's so real that I sat there turning my radio on and off to make sure that like oh yeah i
0: did that too, too so
1: like we do stereotypically think about hearing voices oh yeah but auditory hallucinations can come in all shapes yeah. and sizes
0: i actually enjoyed them at first mm-hmm. because i was actually i was self-inducing it because the substance were creating this i got scared when they stuck around even when I wasn't very high, and I go, oh, I'm messing, you know, with my brain. That's when I started getting uh, actually more and more and more uh, into uh, substance abuse psychosis. Uh, um, but I used to hear baseball games. In, oh yeah. Uh, and I think we've talked about this before, either just in personal conversation or another podcast. But I would uh, go into my bathroom and turn on the fan.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's when
0: I would hear a baseball game. It's almost immediately. I would hear, high fly ball to the left center field. And it's, (laughs) oh, it's gone. And I would hear these radio announcers talking back and forth. Strike one, ball two, you know, things like that. And um, I didn't know why. I mean, I knew I was hallucinating. That's why I went in there and did it, because it was fun. Yeah, you triggered it it on purpose, yeah. And then I started analyzing and I go, well, I'm not even a big fan of baseball. But I used to watch baseball games with my grandpa a lot. And it was kind of a bonding moment. And we used to watch it on TV, but put it on mute and, watch the, uh, and listen to the radio broadcasters. And, they, and it sounded just like that. And I don't know if I was manifesting something, you know, in my mind uh, in that situation, or if I was just picking up on a sound at first that sounded like a, a baseball game, and then i filled in the rest mm-hmm. who knows yeah. why i heard that it's exactly what i heard and i used to go to the bathroom and go i wonder who's winning and i'd turn on the fan and, right and sit there for about an hour listening to this baseball game and i never knew the score who won no i just always heard right elements because of it. like yeah.
1: right it's coming from you actually. yeah yeah it's, it's um, my own
0: internal dialogue yeah
1: another like common experience and then also was part of my own experience was hearing my name hearing my name be called from every direction at every hour of the day and night and turning to look and of course no one's there. Yeah. Um so
0: uh I once heard Jim Belushi one time too. Oh my uh, gosh, so, Nick! he was outside of my house uh and he was a detective. <laughs> were you dreaming?
1: No, okay no, you no, know, were I like.
0: was I was on the couch and I heard him say, um i'll I'll say it i'll say it this is what i heard him say um you do not understand what you're dealing with when you're dealing with a meth user oh actually his terms were meth lab user i don't know why it's a meth lab user. it doesn't make sense but as soon as i heard that i go it's jim belushi (laughs) he's he's after me oh my goodness and then i i i quickly realized how absurd that that sound and i would started laughing but i could i could not not hear his voice it just continued throughout that night uh, wow yeah but I was also in a comedy and Jim Belushi is not John Belushi that that's his brother and I don't know why it was Jim Belushi that I heard and not the more famous brother John (laughs) Belushi (laughs) but it was Jim
1: okay so people when you stereotypically think of auditory hallucinations though people kind of go to, I think, thinking about what we clinically refer to as command Mm -hmm. hallucinations. Okay. These are very, very, very rare, but they do happen. Okay. Um, And when somebody who is hallucinating, who is experiencing psychosis, hears voices, I mean, 9.9 times out of 10, the voices are not nice. They are not cheerful. They are not encouraging they are not sweet demure granny type voices they are awful and demeaning and ridiculing um when that graduates into they start telling me to do things right and then that graduates into they start telling me to do violent things that's when it becomes dangerous Mm -hmm. right i mean like it's not good to be in that like imagine walking around all the time with this soundtrack yes telling you just how like truly awful you were and like cussing at you and i mean saying the meanest things that you can imagine right to you um
0: at the tail end of my drug addiction that's when the um commanding voices um, voices that were commanding me to do things I never listened to them Mm -hmm. I always was pretty keen on the fact that I was hallucinating but I was scared that it was going to be permanent sure and then uh, after a while I started to dissociate myself from uh, reality because of the paranoia and uh ended up thinking that somebody's somebody has planted a device in my mind and they're commanding me to do things and i don't want to do them
1: mm-hmm. man yeah you had a full-blown yeah you were like in a full-blown psychosis yeah um i don't i wouldn't classify mine that way i had some psychotic symptoms mm-hmm. um but and I they, would like I didn't I never I never experienced personally.
0: They were any
1: type of command hallucination or they anything. were
0: perpetuating. And even after I got sober, still had to battle that.
1: Yeah, I definitely still dealt with yeah. uh, hallucinations for a while after I got yeah. sober, too.
0: And uh, it was a long time. It was actually um, a pretty, pretty long time. I would say those voices lasted for a couple of years and I started to get scared. That yeah, is, that the, you had permanent...
1: That, I would say that mine la- like, had cleared up within six months.
0: Yeah, mine, my, uh, mine uh, stuck there uh, for a oh, little wow. bit. Um, I used to describe it on a scale. How loud are the voices? Nine. And then mm-hmm. a year later, it was a five. And then a year later, it was a two. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, I could only hear them if I had a headache or if I just woke up and was tired. Mm-hmm. And then they just... Just flat out not not nice. there anymore. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Eventually, praise God for that. Yeah. Right. It was
0: actually a miracle story in there. If you would you like to hear this, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, about a year, yeah, about a year in my walk with Christ, um, these voices were still so loud and they were disturbing. I was not listening to them anymore. Uh, the Word of God started being my truth. So I was just kind of dealing with them, but they were very pestering. And I just started to go, is this my mind? How am I supposed to even live with these things? Mm-hmm. I was going to school at this time too wow. as well. This is why I know it's, it's, it's a little over a year. And I'm, st- I'm going to school and I'm doing well, but at the same time, I'm hearing these voices. But you have to work really hard yeah. to
1: do well, yeah. right? I
0: just kind of accepted them. Um, and uh, sometimes what they were saying to me was actually how I felt about myself. So I, said, I started to go, if this is internal dialogue, And I should work through this and start repenting. So it was being used to actually teach me something through the word of God. But after a while, you just get sick of them. Well, of course, I used to go. Um, There's no
1: suffering without purpose. That doesn't mean that it's <laughs> exactly it's easy. And, and this is what
0: God was showing me mm-hmm. all, all through this. Now, uh, there was a church in my neighborhood um, that at night I used to go to because they had this cross outside and I would sit on a rock and read the Bible and, you know, and pray. Mm-hmm. And I it was just a kind of a peaceful moment because it was a nice area that this church was in. And I re- I I was praying that these voices would go away, I'm just praying and praying. And I was reading, uh, I believe it was Luke eighteen, uh, about the pestering woman asking for the judge for justice, and he mm-hmm. wouldn't give her justice. And after a while, he did because he was pestering, uh, she was pestering him so much. Uh, and he goes, hear what the just judge says, you know, will the Father not give justice to ones who are crying out day and night?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, "I tell you." He will um, and he'll do it swiftly. But when the son of man returns, will he find faith on earth? I I read that whole chapter and I actually read it out loud. As soon as I read the la- will he find faith on earth? The voice shut off. Wow. <laughs> and uh, they became from an eight down to like a two and it wasn't disturbing anymore. And I felt a weight just wow. lived off of me. Eventually the rest just rolled off naturally.
1: Praise God.
0: I I don't know what happened in that moment other than the Holy Spirit just really did something. Yeah. uh, I've had a few of those miracles in my life that happened uh, repairing the damage that I did to myself. Well, and I
1: wonder, too, how much of like how like if there what part of that was spiritual attack? I mean, because I mean, you know, there's so much of that associated with substance abuse.
0: I mean, w- um, to look at the context of the te- uh, text, and it, it's crying out for justice. It's uh, not healing, and the so maybe it was. Yeah, I don't know. You know I that, mean,
1: I just praise know. God that, I, that I'm his, glad you pointed that out. Well, I mean that you know, like he, his word is powerful. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay, so all different types of hallucinations. Um, I'm glad you shared that experience, Nick. That's awesome. Oh, and yeah, like, it's really it encouraging. Round, yeah. Um. Tactile hallucinations is another really common one. Feeling like there are bugs crawling on your skin. Um, Gustatory, um, olfactory, smelling things that aren't there, tasting things that aren't there. You can have all types of hallucinatory experiences. Um, Then the other components of psychosis, right? A psychotic episode can include um, disorganized speech, grossly disorganized behavior, And then there is a whole category of negative symptoms Mm -hmm. right so but in order for a diagnosis of schizophrenia to be made one of the symptoms one of the two or more right required of the first criterion has to be either delusions hallucinations or just like disorganized speech okay so that's what that looks like is frequent like frequent derailment um, very tangential or mm-hmm. like circum uh, circumstantial speaking um, word salad speaking mm-hmm. like they're speaking English but it's totally incomplete it's, it's, it's complete gibberish mm-hmm. you know like next November Susan microwaves fish you know like yeah. just doesn't make any sense but it, like they're talking like they understand what they're saying but you don't um, I
0: love this choice of words Susan I don't know fish. I just was like <laughs> uh, yeah Next. Yeah, it was in microwave fish. Yeah, I I used microwave uh, fish. I I used to talk to a guy. This was uh, that I met in rehab who kind of had similar features uh, of that. He would be trying to describe something. And when he used a word, then he would go off and define that word and then totally forget about what he was saying. Yeah. Um, And so if he were speaking, he's like, uh, yeah, I watched this uh, thing on the History Channel and they taught me about uh, coral reefs and then he would go coral reefs something that's in the bottom of the ocean and he would just give that whole definition and then that was the end of the conversation he would know what he was talking about whatsoever uh, other than the fact that he saw coral reef and defined it for you yeah that was it right
1: think yeah. you just think about like being distracted by every next word that you say yeah, exactly and like following that rabbit trail yeah. um so um those would those are examples of disorganized speech okay disorganized or catatonic behavior mm. um a really great example of this if, for those of you that have seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest um there's a character yeah. in the asylum who is Chief. um is he catatonic
0: i don't know he didn't speak throughout the whole thing so that's mute <laughs> yeah. but
1: catatonic the guy who like you can position their arms and they yeah. stay in place oh, yeah, I remember so that. that's yeah. like waxy catatonia yeah. right um so catatonia essentially is like a state of being immobile like like an immobile or unresponsive stupor mm-hmm. okay and then there are different types of catatonia um but that would be an example of disorganized behavior mm-hmm. right so um you you don't have to have disorganized behavior in order to meet diagnostic criteria for schizophrenia right. but it is one of the the symptoms and then um there's a whole like category of negative symptoms okay so negative meaning like diminished or reduce like a reduction Mm -hmm. okay so not like oh that's so negative and bad but like when we talk about negative and positive symptoms in schizophrenia specifically we're talking about the difference between symptoms that are adding to or taking away from so negative symptoms for example like reduced emotional expression so flat affect right just kind of blah right avolition Mm um uh poor hygiene right practices um like especially like teeth teeth and showering um yeah like reduced ability to participate in like adls activities of daily life Um, And, you know, this is a spectrum, right? So there are degrees of severity. But
0: hold on, I'm smelling my armpits right now. (laughs) I don't qualify. There you go.
1: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't mean if you have B.O., you're schizophrenic. (laughs)
0: As soon as you started describing that, I go, I I start uh, brushing my tongue against my teeth. And I go. Right. Well, so like negative symptoms
1: (laughs) occur in other mental like uh, mental dis- disorders, right? Yeah. Like not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to shower. Those yeah. things happen when you get really depressed. Your neglect, yeah. Mm-hmm. No motivation. Okay. Um. Actually, yeah. Okay. So we in this, uh, in the DSM five, you've got specifiers still. Um. Of course. ways of like essentially like further describing when you make a diagnosis. So, you know, whether or not it's a first or first episode, if this is like a recurrent thing, then it's multiple episode. Um whether or not the individual is currently in a psychotic state versus not. Um so all of that stuff can be specified and it's kind of boring. I'm not going to go right. through it. Um but anyway, so that should, I hope paint at least a more clear picture of what the term psychosis is referring to. It's referring to an individual in this state of yes. mind, right? Um, so versus like psychopath, right. right, or psycho, those two things, they're very, very different things. Yeah, I
0: like the way you define it. One is born and well, psychopath, sociopath. Yeah.
1: That's not my definition. That's Hare's definition, but but I like it too. So the the but the like we said, the truth is is we know that we're all born. There you go. We're all born. So but like we would it would be ignorant and ridiculous to say that like our environment doesn't play a huge role in like what's expressed and what isn't expressed yeah, right I
0: mean, and this would be you know given to
1: all of that of course under god's sovereign control
0: and, and that's actually what i uh, uh want to reiterate too as well wow, we have an anthropology uh, we already brought up total depravity so we can continue uh, talking about the doctrines of grace um spiritually <laughs> we're all psychopaths uh let me let me, let me <laughs> <laughs> because uh, or or even you know, or even schizophrenic um and what I mean is in Romans 1 it does describe that that the natural man gives themselves over to creation instead of the one voice that they should be listening to they listen to the millions of others around them and they start bowing down right. and are, are now manipulated and um, uh, and given over to that debased mind and they develop uh, from what they're worshiping and this is um, the spiritual diagnosis of Of the natural man and then categorically is what we're talking about and how it manifests in our lives. But without some kind of outside help, there is no way you can actually get out of that depravity. You have to be born again. This is why we call it total depravity. Yeah, yeah. that you're the worst version of yourself, but you cannot come to Christ. Mm -hmm. So think about that Uh, when we're talking about, you know, uh, uh, the psychopath—they're born. Well, we're born totally depraved. We're born bent against God, mm-hmm. unless He does something. There's no way out. Right of that to, to
1: change now. that. Right. There's no
0: way out of that. And so think about how you've been saved, and think about the severity of your sin. Yeah. What had to happen for you to come to the realization that you are a sinner in the first place? Sure. That is a deep diagnosis from God. Mm. That He's saying you're helpless,
1: right? Mighty counselor, you know? Yes, exactly. (laughs) he's
0: a mighty counselor, the wonderful prince. And um, and I I start to think about that and I go, yeah, yeah, spiritually, we're all kind of psychopaths. Well, (laughs) so
1: like we are spiritually dead (laughs) in our sins and trespasses, right? That's the way he describes it. Before, before we're saved, um, before the scales are removed by grace through faith. Right. Um, But yes, like for the purposes of our conversation we would very much make distinctions between yes. like psychopaths what we're talking and about is categorically their... right so <laughs> yeah, no um, well, yeah. all we're arguing is that we understand like it isn't a leap to depravity yeah that's our, our starting point yeah. so um yeah so I hope that was an interesting conversation let us know what you what you guys thought if you have any questions We'll talk, like I said, we'll talk in more detail about specific psychotic disorders like schizophrenia, and then we can even do episodes on psychopathy. I mean, I love that, so...
0: You know, I, um, I, uh, my, I told my mom that we were going to do an episode uh, on this. She goes, any special guests that you're having? <laughs> and she actually thought physical guests. But I was thinking, what, what you mean the voices that I hear or something <laughs> like that? Like, I'm going to interview the invisible man that's mm-hmm. not here or anything like that? She goes, no, I'm not that witty. That was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, I go, well, that would be a cool idea for a movie. Somebody that does a podcast with the voices that he's, oh wow, (laughs) that he's hearing, but you
1: don't realize that they're like voices until the end. So
0: actually, that's already been done, and it's called The King of Comedy, and uh, Robert De Niro is this pseudo talk show host that hosts a late night talk show in his basement, and he makes all the dummies and starts talking to them and having dialogues with them. Uh, he's actually oh. pretty good at what he's doing, but he's just, you know, he's delusional and oh, he thinks mama. he's a talk show host and he's not talk, mm. a late night talk show host, but he could be. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> he uh, does that. it well. And I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate this. So uh, under um, the uh, sort of the psychosis that I was under, it was it was always the what if situations. We've discussed this before um, is the I lived a life of what if. I knew what I was thinking the whole time was completely absurd. Now this is me personally, but what if, (laughs) what if I'm, what if what I'm feeling is right? Oh yeah. So, um, I knew Jim Belushi wasn't outside of my house, but what if a cop is? What
1: but I'm actually person? hearing him, though.
0: Yeah, I'm actually. So Yeah, so I'm I'm connecting these things. There's like,
1: there is like a um, a
0: yeah.
1: dissection, right? A, a competition reason, that happens internally. There's
0: a reason why uh, drug abusers, especially uh, meth or 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 cocaine or any kind of the the speed drugs, we are all paranoid and looking out the window. <laughs> what if something's going on? <laughs> and uh what if my parents find out what if my girlfriend is cheating on me what if and the what if if that's happening is so risky and you cannot ignore it now yeah yeah. it's too risky to ignore it because what if and i described my whole experience with that drug as the what if drug yikes and uh and then just uh battling with these voices and battling with everything if it wasn't for the love of Christ and the compassion of others that Christ was working through. Yes. I would still to this day be on medications that I didn't want to be on or wouldn't want to be on. I didn't go the medication route. I would never recommend that uh, to anybody. God was doing something special in my life. Um,
1: You would never recommend that somebody who needs medication doesn't take it. it. Yes, just Um, to clarify that statement.
0: My path was my path uh, uh, and uh, he directed me uh, in that path. Um, there was times where I feared that it was permanent. Yeah. Um, and uh, God proved that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so there is healing. I can say for sure that there is healing, um, but your healing is gonna look differently uh, than mine, of course, and right. I have to walk according to the responsibility that I've been given in that healing as well. Right,
1: so, yeah. well, and so like- He saved me from destruction. Just And just because he doesn't yeah. heal you in that way, Yeah doesn't mean that you like don't get the opportunity to learn to live joyfully yeah. even while you're cohabitating with something as burdensome as chronic hallucinations
0: the uh, the way i described it is um or i can describe it for everybody is that you may not receive the healing that you want but you will you have you will receive the healing that you need I can't promise you that it will go away, but I can promise you that it'll get better. And that better is going to be predicated upon God's word Mm, uh, and his will. So let's just say you're battling with this the rest of your life. Is it well with your soul? Right. Because it wasn't before and now it is. And I'm telling you, that is healing. Yes. Having it being well with your soul, I would trade every bit of my healing if uh, that meant uh, if I have to give up being well with my soul I wouldn't just I'll trade it all I just want it to be yeah a uh, 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 peace within me because that would that is because you I can h- you
1: in. can suffer through anything right right yeah.
0: Uh, but then the mercies come and it is it is beautiful. It, mm-hmm. is, uh, it is really beautiful. And that's the biblical application uh, that I would put on this, is that there is always hope in Christ. When the world has defined it as only a way of, oh, we'll get you to remission or there is no curing you or whatever mm-hmm. like that, there's always hope in Christ for the peace uh, that you need in your heart. And that is the reconciliation unto him. That is exactly what you need regardless of what's going on. That is exactly what you need in the psychopath, in the schizophrenic, in whatever you're dealing with. That is the peace that you need. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: It's the cornerstone.
0: The cornerstone. And uh, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap it up here. Leave your comments as as Robin said. And just keep in mind that in this life you will have trials and tribulations. uh, But take courage. He has overcome the world. All
1: right. Bye. Bye.